And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Small Biz Matters People Policy Purpose. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted advisor when it comes to all things small business, particularly in those areas of policy. Now, today on the show, we welcome Andrew Williams, who's the CEO of the Australian Communications Consumer Action Network, which of course has an acronym, and that is ACAN. They've been around for many years, since 2009, and their aim is to empower consumers to make good choices about products and services. They are a peak body, and they represent the views of broad and diverse membership base to policymakers, government, and industry to get a better outcome for communications customers. Now, why are we chatting to Andrew today? Well, after the recent and I would guess increasingly frequent interruptions and disruptions caused by telcos, powers that be, small businesses probably feel as though they are helpless victims of these events with no power and no voice to stop them from happening. Well, we're here to tell you this is the advocacy organisation working with small businesses to fight for their rights in these situations. Andrew has been pretty busy in the last few weeks, I will tell you that. They're a strong voice in the room with government when telco policies and support measures are being written and they fight for small business rights to make sure that contracts, access and price is fair and equitable for small business. We get a chat to Andrew after this. Welcome to Small Biz Matters, a show where we are dedicated to empowering small businesses and advisors to engage with policy and advocacy. Why? Because what government does very much matters to all small biz, good and bad. Sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office, each week we sit down with experts, advocates, business leaders, policymakers and politicians to dive into specific areas of government policy that affects your clients and your business. We'll give you the heads up on what's coming down the policy pipeline, find out who's fighting in your corner and empower you with ways you can influence those decisions which affect your business every single day. We proudly broadcast live on our local community radio station, Triple H 100.1 FM, the Community Broadcasting Network, and later wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Let's hear from this week's expert on Small Biz Matters. People, policy, purpose. Well, we're live in the studios this week and I'm pretty excited to be welcoming Andrew Williams, a good friend of mine and a long-term advocate in, in the space as well. Andrew, welcome to the program. It's great to have you in the studio. Thanks, Alexi. It's great to be here. Also so, great to be a friend of yours too. That's very, <laughs> very good news this morning. High, high esteemed praise Absolutely. indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> look, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, look, we've got tons to unpack when we, we set up this um, this interview a few weeks ago. We probably couldn't have predicted what happened, but Maybe you could have predicted with your knowledge with what's going on in the telco industry. And we're going to unpack that a little bit later. But firstly, I want you to tell me a little bit about why you're so passionate about supporting small businesses and why it is important that they have a voice in the telco industry mm. and when it comes to policy. Yeah, well, we're really passionate about supporting uh, communications consumers and small business consumers are really an integral element of that uh, there's so many small businesses and even you know, small and micro businesses uh, that I think the lessons of the pandemic, even though that seems like a very, very distant memory, uh, have really brought to the fore the the importance of communications, not just telecommunications, but communications in general for small businesses. We saw so many small businesses have to pivot, which is a word that's been used a lot in the last three years, very, very quickly, uh, even to... Um, to um, stand up some e-commerce solutions. People who may not have even thought of um, of having to sell online had no option, and um, 
and, and we were really pleased to work with Cosboa and uh, the, the ombudsman and small businesses in general. And we've got a lot of small business members, which is great. Every year we have at least one forum, dedicated forum for small business, so that we can really get a, a detailed understanding of the needs and requirements and the pressure points and the pain points for small business as well. Uh, it's yeah. so good that you're listening to the small businesses directly and obviously working with member associations as well just to unpack those difficulties. And it's really interesting that you mentioned the pandemic because I hadn't thought about that. We we did have to just flip everything on its heads and learn how very quickly to turn um, any sort of a business, including service delivery, into something that can be produced online and something that can be taking payments online. And that reduction in the cash economy uh, really affected, um, well, first, everybody learned very quickly how to become digitized. But didn't that mean that we became increasingly reliant, almost compulsorily so, on the telecommunications industry for more and more services? There's a whole raft of issues to unpack, and um, uh, one of the, I think one of the the real unexpected outcomes was it highlighted, um, I think what you'd call a uh, a shortage or a skills gap in digital literacy, in uh, in many consumers, and certainly in in the small business uh, community where many small businesses really hadn't had to look at operating online or in the digital environment and, uh, and and that's one of the things we do at ACAN. We have a very strong consumer education remit and uh, one of the things that really came to the fore was the need to increase the education around digital literacy. Uh, we don't do it all ourselves. There's a number of other organisations and groups. Uh, I'm part of, the, for example, the Australian Digital Inclusion Index. Uh, or the Australian Digital Inclusion Alliance uh, is, is more appropriate, uh, and then working with, with other organisations to get uh, and disseminate the, the information. So that, that was a big thing as well. So a lot of uh, groups such as yourselves, consumer advocacy groups, they also um, increasingly, I guess, are known for representing vulnerable consumers. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that a lot of small businesses, because of various reasons like their location or lack of uh, English language perhaps or, or simply because they're just starting out, are vulnerable. But are you thinking that that cohort of vulnerable consumers or vulnerable small businesses is growing or have we got better at being digital, therefore it's less of a concern and they're not as vulnerable as they used to be? No, I think very much uh, that small businesses are, are very much, or some small businesses are very much in, in the middle of, um, of what we would call vulnerable consumers. And a really good example of that is that, um, and part of our advocacy over the years has been to uh, advocate for greater regulation around financial hardship. And um, we, we've seen over the, you know, and again, stepping back to the pandemic and moving forward, we've seen a lot of organisations really um, suffer financially and fall into financial hardship. And um, so there, there's actually a draft legislation that we've um, that that's just closed for comment. Uh, we we just submitted uh, submitted hopefully an hour ago. And um, <laughs> hope that deadline was met. Well, I hope he has. If he hasn't, I'll uh, get on to him when I get back to the office. But. Um, uh, so that and and that's a really good initiative, uh, you know, And and we've had some, I guess, fundamental or philosophical disagreements with our industry um, counterparts who don't necessarily want more regulation. Uh, they they like the the um, co-designed code and and co-regulatory environment. But the world's changed, as we've just been saying, and uh, and, and there are some aspects that do need a little bit stronger regulation. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think the financial hardship standard, when that comes through in a few months' time, and that's uh, that's being reviewed by the regulator as we speak. So you've been with ACAN for a number of years and um, what I find interesting is that relationship with telcos because on the one hand you work with them but on the other hand your job is to, you know, smack them basically and and beat them up when they're doing the wrong thing when it comes to consumers. How do you find that as a balancing act with big business when you're representing the small and the vulnerable? That's a really good question and uh, I was lucky. I was at ACAN for a couple of years before I took the CEO job. I was essentially the in the Director of Operations or COO role. So got to know a lot of the, the key industry contacts um, without actually having to have these conversations with them. And I'm also lucky that I've, I've had a number of different uh, careers or backgrounds and, and quite a uh, diversified uh work experience so and in, in even including in, in the commercial space so I do understand the commercial pressures that they're under so for me it's um, it's always I always approach it and, and industry do as well I think that the relationship has been very collaborative at the end of the day we all want the same thing no telco or communications company wants to lose a customer so they're working to um, to do the best by their customers. We're coming at it from a, sometimes a slightly different aspect and uh, and we want the best outcome for consumers, communications consumers. But I've always found that uh, that the interactions have been respectful. Uh, we always know that there will be points of disagreement and uh, sometimes those disagreements can be reasonably um, intense, some of those conversations. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it's always respectful and uh, and I don't really want to criticize a commercial entity for wanting to make money that that's their job um, so when it comes to some of those affordability aspects then our role then pivots back to something around uh, education where uh, a lot of consumers think it's difficult to change providers but it's actually really easy so if you don't uh, don't like the deal you've got or you don't or you're disenfranchised with the organization you're dealing with it's really easy to change yeah, I think that it depends on how much agency that you've got as a consumer, though. Mm. So thank goodness we've got organisations such as yours who broadly represent the needs of consumers as well and, and are constantly talking to those consumer groups that you represent. I wanted to ask you about um, the you know the way that, that this works. You, you mentioned before a consultation process. Um, so as a team, how do you go about pulling together the information when you're putting in a submission, for example? Tell us a little bit about the mechanics yeah, that's a really good question, and it does differ from uh, from case the uh, case by on a case by case basis. But a really good example at the at the moment is, um, and I suspect you'll probably lead me down this path at some stage. So I'll go down there now. <laughs> you um, just dive down the. I'll just hole. go into it. There's a really big review underway at the moment called the Telecommunications Consumer Protections. Can Act. I ask a question? Was that review underway before the schmozzle that happened a few weeks yes. ago? Yeah. Right. Okay. And it didn't happen as a result of the no, schmozzle. No, no, no. Oh, there's a whole bunch of other reviews that are happening as a, as result, a result of, of, the of that, yep. which, which is a good thing. But yes. no doubt. It's amazing yet. how fast government can work sometimes when they want to, if they need to move quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you'll lead me down that path in a second as well. Um, so going back to the Telecommunications Consumer Protections Code review, which is, a, a, I think it's a mandated review. It's, uh, it happens every three or five years, I, I can't recall. So for us, uh, ACAN being a member organisation, and um, I, I'd really love to have more members from the, uh, from the small business community and, and members in general 
Um, it's really easy to be a member and it doesn't cost much money, um, if at all. And um, so the first thing we would do is um, is uh, consult with our members and, and stakeholders. And what does consult mean for somebody who's <clears throat> not in government and understands um, and know that world? Again, it can be in any in, in a number of different uh, different guises, but <clears throat> generally it will be let's um, hold a, a series of forums or meetings or workshops. Uh, a in some cases it will be to um, to inform the the stakeholders on what the issues are. Some of them don't know what they don't know, mm. and, which is legitimate. And and a really good example came. Uh, a few years ago when we are dealing with uh, one of the councils of uh, social services, I think it was South Australia, and um, the person who was running it said, it's really great coming to these forums because I deal in so many different areas on a daily basis. I get my one-stop shop for communications issues when I come to ACAN. Uh, you appraise me of, uh, of, of what the key issues are and uh, then I can provide my feedback and then we can go on and do our daily work which is great. That's our job. Because um, as an individual consumer or, or an isolated voice, then they don't have a lot of clout. But mm. as part of a collective voice, then you do have significant influence. Mm. And um, yeah, and we have uh, you know, regular contact with the minister's office and really good contact with the minister's office as well as uh, uh, the previous minister, Paul Fletcher, who's our local member up here as well. And um so with with Michelle Rowland's office, we have a lot of a uh, lot of interaction with them. Sometimes they will, if they're looking at developing a policy, they'll reach out to us and just kind of stress test it and bounce a few ideas past us, which I find really welcoming. And, and that's what we're calling co-design, right? Co-design that, that yeah. whole idea of just bouncing ideas off the people who it's going to affect. Absolutely, and it's been really good. Um, I, I recall before the last election when I think um, Minister Rowland, or you know, Shadow Minister Rowland's office at the time, reached out and said, "Listen." We're thinking about a couple of initiatives uh, to, to take as part of our election platform. What do you think? And uh, so we gave some input on them and uh, it's great that a few of them are actually now policy. Fantastic. That's fantastic. It is yeah. good news. I mean, mm. and that's really what you want to hear as a consumer and as someone who's working within, um, you know, any business. You want to know that the people who are speaking for you have actually got the the powers and they're being listened to and they're being they are guiding policy that's going to affect you on a daily basis as well. Now, just before we go to a break, I just wanted to quickly ask you about one of the services you provide, which absolutely blew me out of the water when I went to your recent conference, which was the um, the disability support service. Now. I'll be honest, I didn't even know this existed. Just tell us a little bit about that because I think it's something that the organisation could be is incredibly proud of. I know the people who work within that division are really proud of the work that they do. Um, and tell us about that because there'll be business owners out there and their advisors who will know or perhaps themselves have a disability and would like to know how they can re- get uh, get support. Yeah, thank you for leading me down this path. And it's, um, it's called Accessible Telecoms. And again, it's uh, really shout out to the government for uh, for their support with this. It's a program that uh, that we've been running for probably four or five years in a number of different guises. It was initially set up under a, uh, an NDI, a National Disability Grant, NDIA grant, and, um, and it was really aimed at um, providing a one-stop resource for people with uh, disability, whether it's visual, whether it's um, audio, whether it's other cognitive uh, challenges, and um, to provide them with, uh, with with a list of options if you want. Say you've got um, uh, some cognitive uh, disability and you're looking for a new iPhone or a new telephone or a new iPad or something like that. 
then this will then provide a list of the uh, of, of products with the features that you need. Especially um, uh, designed for you. Specially designed for you. And, for you. and um, we work, uh, I've got a team, very small team, but as you said, a very, very dedicated team um, who who constantly go through the various providers' uh, products and update our site. It's very manual. Um, and earlier this year, we were very fortunate to get another um, extended grant from the government uh, to keep it going for another couple of years while we work on a more sustainable model with government. So really great initiative. And and again, with uh, the government, the minister, everybody very supportive of it uh, because uh, one of the things that really opened my eyes when I came to ACAN was the... Um, the, the lack of resources and lack of, uh, probably lack of thinking about how to support people with disability. In that space. In, or in that yeah. space, in, even in the workplace. Yeah. Um, we've got probably 18 people work for us and I reckon four of them have, um, have declared disabilities. I've got uh, people who are blind, wheelchair users, um, a couple of mental health and, uh, and even things like, you know, and I've got two board members with disability, one's blind, one's deaf. And uh, so really having that focus and support, mm. things like uh, accessible websites, for example, um, we and my, my digital assets manager, I think is, uh, in my opinion, would be one of the country's leading experts on web accessibility. Uh, our blind board member is, would be the, the other leading expert on accessibility. So, uh, yeah, and, and we actually did um, a research, pro- we, we supported a research program a few years ago where um, they actually went through all the telco websites to uh, check their or assess their accessibility. Like an audit. An audit, and it wasn't pretty. (laughs) Why am I not surprised? (laughs) Uh, But they took the feedback well. So, yeah, it's continual improvement. And like you said, they don't know what they don't know. It's education and continual improvement. We're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. And when we return after the break, we're going to speak uh, with Andrew from ACAN a little bit more about how they specifically support small businesses, particularly in their telecommunication policy space. We will be back after this. This episode of Small Biz Matters is proudly sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office. As Bifio assists, advocates and provides information to Australia's 2.5 million small and family businesses when and where they need it. As Bifio delivers practical and actionable advice and research to governments on how to improve policies and legislation. Since its inception, Aspifio has responded to over 40,000 requests for assistance from Australian small and family businesses and provides access to dispute resolution services, including assistance with disputes that fall under the franchising, dairy, horticulture and oil codes. Aspifio also connects small and family business with mental health support should the need arise. As an independent advocate for small business owners, Aspifio is committed to ensuring that Australia is the best place to start, grow or transform a business now and well into the future. See how Aspifio can support you at asbfeo.gov.au. Welcome back to the studios of Triple H 100.1 FM. My name's Alexi Boyd and you're listening to Small Biz Matters People Policy Purpose. If you've just joined us, we've been speaking to Andrew Williams, who's the CEO of the Australian Communications Consumer Action Network. He's been quite busy the last couple of weeks supporting small businesses as they go through the I think we officially called it the shamozzle uh, before the break. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about where that advocacy comes in with small businesses. Um, they're obviously very intertwined with telecommunications, not just for 
telephone things and mobile phone. We've moved well beyond that. We're now looking at payments and access to internet. Um, and that's critical for running a business these days, as well as online shopping, etc. How do you navigate that world and, and learn what small businesses do to make sure that you can speak for them? And where do the policies and things intersect? Yeah, good question. And thank you. Uh, I think one of the things I touched on earlier, which um, I think I got side, sidetracked myself and um, went down a different path, but I'll bring back to our uh, small business advisory forums. And um, a lot of our member base, um, and, and we have, I guess, two halves of our member, about 50% or thereabouts uh, individual consumers, and uh, the other 50 would be what we call organisational consumers. And, um, and that doesn't include people who work in organisations in, in industry. It's generally um, small businesses, not-for-profits, other consumer bodies. Or Can I ask you a quick question? Where do sole traders sit in that in terms of what um, you think? I would uh, I would bring a sole trader in as a uh, as a small business, not mm-hmm. necessarily as a, you know, if you've got an ABN, then you, you would fit into our small business membership category. Fantastic. And um, so uh, con- consulting with them on a, on a regular basis is, is really good. We also attend and, and participate in a number of other um, external small business forums uh, and COSBOA would be the, uh, the, the main one there. Um, you know, COSBOA, we're a member of COSBOA as well. So either myself or my uh, operations director, Tanya Karlachuk, you know, she would uh, will attend as many of the COSBOA member forums. And that keeps you intertwined can. with what's going on keeps in us, other areas of policy keeps too. Keeps us intertwined and, mm. uh, and th- there's a lot of interrelationships, uh, even uh, workplace relations and other things are, are very topical, which, which can have a flow-on effect in an indirect way with, you know, cash flow and financial hardship, which we are talking about before. So bringing our, our members together to uh, to have a dedicated forum is really good because that way we can firstly um, educate them and talk to them about the issues that we're working on, um, also get their feedback on the on the pain points that they're experiencing, and, and also we, we can agree with some, some actions that we can take on their behalf. And, and a really good example of late, and, and I'm... I'm I was hoping to bring it up, so I'll bring it up now mm. because it really is topical. Is um, a lot of the mobile, the three G, third, three gener- third generation mobile phone networks are about to start turning off in a couple of weeks' time. Vodafone is the first one to switch off and, and change over in, uh, I think, the fourteenth of December, and the other carriers uh, are due to go down the same path in the middle of next year. And we've discovered through a lot of these conversations and forums that. A lot of small businesses, uh, their FPOS terminals, um, other uh, Internet of Things devices, for example, are still on the 3G network. So we've been pushing hard on the, the business side, but also with the telco side to, uh, and the telcos to their credit, they've been telegraphing this for a couple of years. But the reality is the penny doesn't start to drop until the pain starts to hit. <laughs> it's a really good expression there, actually. Um, and, and this is where things get really complex because you're not only dealing with telcos but also with banks. Just fundamentally, if we're talking about those FPOS machines, which we've said before are pretty critical for a small business to be able to operate, uh, do you think that it's the bank's responsibility to make sure that those machines are kept up to date so that when 3G is turned off, they work? Or do you think, I mean, it's their machine. Small businesses it's, are just leasing it, right? It's the bank's responsibility. And and another good example is medical devices. And uh, I actually have personal experience in this regard. And uh, a medical device, uh, an external medical device that, that I need, because um, of the job I do, I thought, hang on, this looks like it's a 3G 
thing. So, uh, but before I was able to follow up with the manufacturer, I got a letter from the manufacturer saying it is a 3G device and fill out this form and we'll get you a 4G uh, attachment. So but people need to be aware of that. That's our job. And that's what we, we've been trying to do for uh, about a year, a bit over a year, when we could see this on the horizon saying, and the telcos are saying, oh, we're doing everything we can. Okay. Uh, but they weren't. <laughs> yeah, and they were doing everything that they, they felt was needed. And, and certainly when you start to communicate this three years out, people go, well, I don't really care right at the moment. Tell me when it when it's really important. Now, this is a really big problem here in um, in Hornsby and Karingai, and we have a number of, uh, I guess, areas that are fairly isolated. You think of Brooklyn, you think of, um, uh, you know, Scots Islands. A lot of places haven't got a lot of area, uh, coverage, um, which is problematic not only for the businesses but for those people who have medical devices, et cetera. And Julian Lisa, knowing what was going on in his community, brought out a private member's mm-hmm. bill that would insist or make it compulsory that 3G couldn't be turned off until everybody had transitioned across. Um, where are we with that particular thought process? Has that become has that formed part of policy, or is it being you know? Yeah, yes, it's formed part of policy. Uh, like most private members' bill, Julian's didn't get passed, and uh, but it was really good that it raised awareness of the issue, and um, yeah, and, and the telcos have confirmed to us. We've had many conversations with them, even to the extent. Uh, I really, what one of the privileges of my job is that. Uh, Every six months, we have a consumer roundtable with the CEO of Telstra personally. Uh, Good, and, and, that, and we had one a couple of weeks ago with uh, with Vicky Brady, and uh, and three G switch off was high on the agenda. They're, they're aware of it. Um, I've spoken to um, to senior people in in all the other telcos as well, um, and they're very much aware of it. And they have made a commitment that they won't switch off three G until four G is available. And there will be invariably there will be the the odd anomaly to this. No so if doubt. you're listening to this and, and you happen to have clients or you happen to know other businesses who are in those areas, firstly make them aware um, and maybe send them to the ACAN website so they can find out more information um, and have a think about what devices you might be using as part yep. of your business, which are um, 3G that need to be upgraded. And yep. like you said, think about whose responsibility they are, more likely the ones who are supplying you with the equipment need to upgrade you. Um, and that's, that's a good takeaway for today as well. But I wanted to ask you, um, you mentioned the telecommunications review. What specifically are you fighting for for small businesses within that review process? Yeah, I think small business, yeah, I think there's, uh, it's hard to to isolate exactly what's for small business because small business um, is is incorporated in every aspect of of that. uh, Yeah, I suppose everyone uses internet. Everyone uses internet and it's um, everyone, yeah, there's financial hardship, there's protections, there's um, um, fault. Uh, fault restoration and uh, and time frame. So th- there's uh, there's a whole raft of issues that really um, that that really are applicable to small business. Um, a few of the things that we are particularly focused on. Uh, one was financial hardship, which is great. Um, complaints handling that was actually drawn out as a uh, as direct re- regulation a a few years ago. I think 2018. So that's great. And um, and who monitors that? The, the complaints, um, the complaints. The complaints were the the ombudsman, the telecommunications industry ombudsman, and also the uh, the regulator, the Australian Communications Media Authority. Um, just stepping back a bit too on three G, there's some really good information, and we work closely with the Australian Mobile Telecommunications 
uh, authority, AMTA. AMTA. And, and they've got some really good info on their website as well. Louise, Great. Louise Highland's their CEO and she's been very pro- proactive on this. Excellent. Uh, so with the code, yeah, it's um, uh, financial hardship is, is a big one. We've got um, uh, yeah, complaints handling, which – and the complaints are dropping and the la- latest complaints data uh, has showed that uh, the complaints have dropped. However, small business complaints are still problematic. And, uh, and that's something we continually raise with the telcos. And uh, we're actually pushing hard for domestic and family violence provisions to be tightened as well because uh, that's obviously very serious. And the, the industry put out a, a, a DfE guideline earlier this year, which is a good step in the right direction. Mm. But uh, I think uh, – and, and the major players are, are very, very good at this, but there are so many telecommunications providers in the country that uh, not everybody is going to follow that guideline as strongly as we would like. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about, actually, because this is a code. Um, It's not – tell me about how it's enforced because I think there can be a little bit confusion about who owns a set of regulations or a code or a code of conduct or standards um, because ultimately the people who are being impacted by that are the consumers. So who regulates it and who keeps those large telcos and small telcos to account? Good question, and um, not the first time I've been asked that question. Just quietly, so uh, the, the not by government, I hope. The, well, the, no, <laughs> the uh, the ACMA, the Australian Communications Media Authority, is is the regulator, so they um, in, enforce the codes. Mm-hmm. Um, codes, by definition, are voluntary. However, the ACMA can direct organisations to comply with the codes, and uh, and this is um, and the code. The co-regulatory model has been around since, I think, the late 1990s um, and it has worked reasonably well in that time. But as we've acknowledged, the, the whole world has changed quite significantly in recent times and we're now at a point where we believe and others like the Ombudsman and others believe that, uh, that some aspects of the code need to be tightened up. And, and it's the enforcement of the code is, uh, is an area where I think we're starting to get some common ground with industry because and, and, uh, the, the, the regulator is, um, is limited in what they can do initially. It's, uh, it's a warning or a direction to comply and then if, uh, if the behaviour ha- is repeated, then they can impose penalties and, and enforceable undertakings. But obviously that takes time and there's some aspects of it and, uh, and a good example is our work with, uh, with the domestic and family violence issue. Um, while it may be some time before we get that directly or before it is directly regulated, if at all, what it has done is stimulate the uh, the enforceability conversation because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how it happens. The outcome is what's important. And that's what the outcome is, what people are fairly focused yeah, on. Yeah, and, and, and for us it could be if, if, if a telco uh, breaches that guideline or the code, then they um, we, we would like to see them penalised quite severely very early rather mm. than issued a warning and then who knows what would happen from there. So ACAN's been around since 20, sorry, 2009 and I just wanted to highlight some of those major milestones and successes that the organisation has had in advocation. Advocation, mm-hmm. is that a word? No, advocating. Advocacy. Advocacy mm-hmm. <laughs> for small businesses. Um, yeah, a lot of what we do is, uh, is, is iterative. So it's, um, it's very hard to say, well, we've had some standalone, um, you know, uh, successes on on a particular issue that you can identify because it, it takes time to change change legislation or change behaviours, but there's some really um, uh, some really good 
work that's been done. I think um, uh, affordable broadband is, is one area, and um, and that's another thing that we've uh, we've been working with uh, probably for the last three years. With um, and and again, this will be completely transparent. I think to most listeners, is that the um, and if they are interested in it, that um, yeah, that they've got a very very uh, kind of um, detailed interest in in a lot of things but um, the 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 NBN regulatory framework to 2040 um, has just been uh, just just been reset basically by the ACCC because when the first regulatory framework was set up um, it was was based on a, a specific technology and that technology mix for NBN has changed quite significantly so the regulatory framework needed to change as well so we've been intimately involved with that over the last three years or so. And um, the ACCC has uh, bounced it back to NBN at least twice, maybe more. And that was finally um, finally approved a couple of months ago. And that will, um, it's not going to stop NBN prices going up over time, but it does provide some uh, a framework around price increases of uh, CPI plus a percent or two, or um, and another uh, really important one that uh, that has come out of that process. It's called the special access undertaking. Is um, is uh, a low income and digital inclusion forum that they have uh, that they've stood up, which they did. They they stood it up actually before the ACCC approved it, and I'm part of that as well. So, uh, going back to our conversation on um, digital literacy earlier, uh, also we believe that there is a, a really strong need for a low income, uh, affordable broadband concessional broadband product for vulnerable consumers. Absolutely, I mean you only have to look at what happened during COVID with students who are expected to work online yep. and the vulnerable um, position that they were put yep. in and education that they missed. Absolutely. And uh, and another good thing that's come out, and again, part of our policy uh, advocacy over the last uh, year or two has been um, the, the school student broadband initiative, um, where the government is funding, I think, uh, 30,000 um, families who otherwise wouldn't be connected. Um, another really good uh, advocacy area that, that actually does have, I think, have a, a really tangible impact for small business is uh, mobile coverage maps. Oh, God, we need those. Definitely. We do. We do. And uh, and real-time, accurate mobile coverage. Because so, if you're going to move into an area as a new business, you want to know that you've got exactly. that mobile coverage. And people make leasing, buying decisions on on internet access. It, it is a really important thing. If you're buying a house, you want to know uh, what, what your connection is, whether it's fibre, whether it's fibre to the node, whether it's fibre to the premises. Yes. If you're buying or leasing a, a building for a small business, you want to know whether you can get mobile coverage. Oh, 100%. And, uh, and this is one of the things that Julie and Lisa was, um, was very vocal about as well. And um, so one of the, the policy initiatives that has actually um, come to fruition is the government is, is and I think they're, they're using Australia Post vehicles, to actually go and um, travel the country as they do and measure what uh, the mobile coverage is in reality, not... The, the predicted mobile coverage. It's like a schmoogle map for uh, for coverage of mobiles. Absolutely. And it's a step in the right direction. Are we fully there? Probably not, but it's a step in the right direction and that way we can have really accurate or close to accurate or more accurate maps than we have at the moment and people can make... Um, um, better informed decisions. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm. Look, that's some really fantastic milestones. Um, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program, coming oh, into pleasure. the studio. It's been great Are to have done? you in Community Radio. <laughs> exactly. See, and that flew. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> and it's uh, it's delightful to speak and understand and I hope that uh, the small business and their advisors out there are hearing this and know that there is people fighting in their corner when it comes to telcos and the internet coverage and, um, you know, important things like 3G, et cetera. Where can people find out more about ACAN? Um, come to our website, www.acan, that's A-C-C-A-N.org.au. And I'd really encourage people, if, if you want to become a member, and I'd love you to be a member, there's a, go to our membership portal. There, there's a form there, either online or, or just download a form. Shoot it through. Um, let me know that or, or let, let us know that uh, you, you've heard about it through this conversation and um, I can guarantee you we will look after you. Fantastic. And thank you so much for joining us today, Andrew. And remember, everybody, if you want to hear more, uh, up to 220 uh, podcasts that are available online, you can go to the Small Biz Matters Radio podcast website or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're live on air with Triple H 100.1 every single week. Thank you so much for listening and we'll chat next week.